Hello, everyone. Welcome into your crossover special. I am Evan Sari, the host of Locked On Colts, joined by Tyler Rowland, the host of Locked On Titans. And we are here for what I think, Tyler, is the best game of the week in the NFL this week. Mm -hmm. It's the Tennessee Titans going to Luke Solo Stadium to play the red hot offense of the Indianapolis Colts. And sun's clicking for both sides here because the Titans are looking at the best team in the NFL the last two weeks. We're also seeing the Colts really pick things up as well over the last couple of weeks as well. We'll dive into I'll ask you some questions first off, and then next time we'll dive vice versa. You ask me some questions, and we'll close talking about our keys and predictions to the game. But, Tyler, let me throw it to you first. I mean, has your calculus for this team, for the Tennessee Titans, changed at all this year after what's happened the last two weeks where I think they put together arguably the two best back-to-back -back wins of any team this season, winning at home against the Buffalo Bills and then just destroying Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I think it's fair to say that it's been a Titans coaster throughout the year because you start out on a real high with all the optimism from the offseason, and then you go to a really low valley after that loss to Arizona, just totally deflate the bubble of excitement that was going into the year. But after that, they rebound, a couple of victories, but then comes the Jets game. You know, you, you get the high of the Seahawks comeback, you beat a division rival, and then you lose to the Jets. And there's your low again. And then you beat Jacksonville, which kind of just, uh, you know, you're click, 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 clicking up again. But then it's just, woo, going all the way up with the two wins. But based on that, now the Titans have the ability to, to go down on the coaster again. And I think everybody has that in the back of their mind. But with that being said, with the way the defense performed uh, in that game against Kansas City, it has to give you you know, more optimism that the Titans can can reach the heights that people hope that they would before the season. So it's an up and down battle, but overall I think that the optimism preseason is is restored right now for for the Titans. Yeah, I gotta say I've loved what I've seen for Tennessee the last two weeks. And we'll hit on Derrick Henry in just a moment because he's just in a tier of his own right now. I think he's the MVP MVP favorite right now in this league. Just an insane workload right now for him as well, Tyler. But I want to hit on the passing game for a second because I feel like Tennessee's really found something the last three or four weeks with integrating more Julio Jones. That chemistry with Ryan Tannehill is really going now. Of course, A.J. Brown, he's one of my favorite young wilds in the NFL as well. But this passing game on top of Derrick Henry, what he's doing, he's also getting included in the passing game, which I love to see as well. But yeah. this passing attack for Tennessee is really hitting another gear right now. Yeah, well, it's all about the play action. So when you look at the Titans, they, they played seven games this year, and the games that they passed 21% or less play action on the dropbacks, they lose. On the games that they pass 30% or more on play action, they win. And the season high, actually, was the last game against Indianapolis at 41%. So I, I think that that's the key to the offense, kind of looking the way it's looked in previous years. The Titans have, like I said, the roller coaster of the Titans. A few weeks, they've just not been able to do it as much against Arizona. Other weeks, just decide not to do it, like against the Jets. But uh, once you see the Titans play action game, start going. Uh, that's when it really gets deadly. Like you said, we're going to talk about Derrick Henry, but the play-action passing game is really what makes the Titans' offense so dynamic, even though Derrick Henry gets, you know, should get all the credit that he does. Yeah, this offense for Tennessee is one of my favorites to watch in the league. I thought there'd be a little bit of drop-off from Arthur Smith going to Atlanta, but I think they're getting their mojo back from what we've seen mm -hmm. the last two weeks, just having the balance overall. But let's hit on Derrick Henry, Tyler, because this guy's a cyborg. I, I mean, it's so fun to watch him play. He has... Already 200-plus touches in seven games for the Tennessee Titans, which is just an insane workload. 
but it's not stopping Derrick Henry from doing what Derrick Henry does each week, just putting guys on viral clips with stiff arms, getting more involved in the passing game, just running through people consistently, getting 30-plus carries per game sometimes. I mean, what's your opinion of Derrick Henry? Because I thought maybe this would be the year where he starts to fall off that clip a little bit from that elite mm-hmm. tier with such a high workload. But no, I was completely wrong there. He's not nowhere close to the end of his prime. And he's poised for a 500-plus touch season, which is just insane to me. What's your opinion of what Derrick Henry's doing right now? And I have to imagine he's probably the M- MVP there for you as well. Uh, I, I don't know if he's the MVP favorite. The, the Arizona Cardinals are undefeated and Kyler Murray Murray's playing great. Uh, obviously it's a quarterback award. So I, I think that Derrick Henry deserves more realistic consideration than he probably is getting right now. And honestly, just the way that it works, he would probably have to go over 2000 yards again. He would probably have to lead the Titans to a number one seed or at least the two seed. So uh, all of those things would have to happen for him to win. But I think even the fact that, you know, people are whispering about that or at least mentioning it, on shows. I think that's great for Derrick Henry. And I think that is the credit that he deserves because he carries such a burden. Uh, And I agree with you. It it was only logical to consider some regression at some point. It's just what we've come to know. But I think throughout this time covering Derrick Henry in his career, I think I've just come to believe that he's just a unicorn. He just breaks the mold. The, you know, the expectations that we have, that we know the patterns, he, he just breaks them. So I think that might just be the reality of the situation and he's an excellent player to watch. And yeah, I mean, if he does those things and the Titans reach those heights, he could win the MVP. The defense too, Tyler, I want to hit on that because actually a former Indianapolis Colt is really doing well for Tennessee and Danico Autry, obviously Jeffrey Simmons as well in the defensive line, Harold Landry taking the lead to star pass rusher this year, Bud Dupree also in the mix there. And we're talking on the ultimate division crossover special for the AFC South and you're worried about the linebackers, but I think the linebackers have kind of impressed me so far from what I've seen from Tennessee. What's your opinion of that front set? Because it's kind of catching my attention a little bit, how improved they are. Yeah, well, I think all of it starts up front. You had Jeffrey Simmons and you had Harold Landry before, and they were able to to do a lot. You know, they're really good players, but when they were really the only weapons that the Titans had up front on the defensive line last year, there's not going to be enough for them to be able to do what they do best. They'll get too much attention. And this year, you're seeing things spread out. You have, like you said, the former Colt, Danico Autry. He's been absolutely fantastic this year. And, and against the Colts in the first matchup, he was really impactful. He was super impactful on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. He had two sacks in that game, two tackles for loss. Uh, he's second on the team with three and a half sacks this year. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is the guy who gets the double teams, though. You know, Bud Dupree is getting back into shape, coming back from ACL. Need to see a little bit more from him, but he doesn't in spots during the game. But with Danico Autry and then Harold Landry and then Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, that's enough to cause problems. Again, Bud Dupree back in there is only going to accelerate things more. Jeffrey Simmons is getting those double teams. The Titans like to run games and stunts and twists up front. So that just kind of takes advantage of the athleticism of all of those guys. And you're right, Danico's been fantastic. As for the linebackers, uh, they've had up and down play. I would say Rashawn Evans has probably been the worst starter on the Titans um, so far this year on the defensive side of the ball, but he's improved in recent weeks against tougher competition. So maybe he's turning a corner in terms of his play for this season, but the other linebacker, David Long, has just come in and, and really showed out throughout the season. He flies around, makes tackles all over the place. Not the biggest guy, so he's not great at shedding blocks, but he's so fast and athletic and agile that he can dart around these big offensive linemen, and he's 
ferocious and physical, and he'll slide in and lay a hit on the running back and get him to the ground. So he's been a, a, a big impressive part of the Titans kind of change on defense. Not a huge change, not bad to good, but bad to average. And that's really what the Titans need to be a better team this year. Last one I had here for you, Tyler, I want to dive into asking me some Colts questions, but looking at from a Colts perspective, for those fans out there listening from Indy, what would you say is the weak point of this Titans team about two months into the season? Well, I would say that if you're able to slow down the run game completely and in in a way that I guess if you could slow down the run game in a way that it would discourage the Titans from going to their normal offense, then you're going to have a good chance to beat them. But it's just so hard to actually accomplish that. I think the real way that you would be able to do it is take advantage of the Titans' aggressiveness and their disguises on defense if you can catch them in some coverages. Like uh, the Bills on Monday Night Football threw the touchdown pass to Cole Beasley right before halftime. And the Titans ran uh, an inverted cover two with their outside corners playing the the deep halves. And they ran a perfect combination of a post with a wheel route, and the corner went to the post, and it left the wheel route wide open in the end zone, Cole Beasley. So if you can catch the Titans while they're trying to do some of those disguises and get a lead on them early enough, it might discourage the Titans from sticking with what they do. That's what happened in week one, and that's when you saw the low play action total. So if you could put them in situations where they don't feel comfortable going to the play action, then you're going to have a good chance to disrupt the offense. But I got to tell you, if Todd Downing's smart, it doesn't matter how much you're down by, you know, in the first half, stick with the plan. Arthur Smith came back in plenty of games uh, with the Titans by just sticking to the plan even when they went down because it will work. So that's what I I think would be uh, the biggest weakness there. That's great stuff there from Tyler, of course. We're going to be diving into the next segment, talking about the Indianapolis Colts. But in the meantime, one hit on a few sponsors of today's show. And the first one is from McDonald's. We all eat McDonald's, but this episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where cl- classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing now dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refill. Coming after a Little League game, for example, if you're coming back from the Colts game on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium, you want to go grab a local bite to eat at McDonald's. It's not only going to save you some money in your pocket, but it's so such great tasting food as well. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And mention Locked On as well for Locked On, as far as Locked On's potential. We enjoy our sponsorship with McDonald's as well. And as far as McDonald's, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Second sponsor of our show today is from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer? choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry at the time. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save up to 30, 50, or even 100% more compared to chain auto parts stores when you're at rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family-owned biz- business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20-plus years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tailamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and save on a lot of great deals. Go to rockauto.com right now to see the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on and the how'd you boss box so know that we sent you over there they have a main selection reliable prices all the parts your car will ever need 
Colts fans and Titans fans, go to rockauto.com right now and write locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and the How'd You Bows box. We'll be back in just a moment here for our second part of our crossover special. All right, Evan. Well, it is time for you to get in the hot seat. I got some questions for you about the Indianapolis Colts ahead of this matchup. Do just want to take a moment to thank you all for making the Locked On Titans podcast and the Locked On Colts podcast your first listen every day. Going to dive in here. My first question is just, the Colts have won three or four games, and they should have won four or four games, if we're honest, with the loss to Baltimore. So what's kind of the vibe around the Colts right now? How's how's the outlook for what they want to accomplish still in the preseason dreams, kind of like we talked about with the Titans? Yeah, I would say it's very high from where we were about three weeks ago. I think if you would have asked after the Baltimore Ravens game, people would have said, oh, that's a, a good loss. But how they lost that game was quite frankly embarrassing with the fourth quarter overtime collapse. But right. even in that loss against Baltimore, you saw Carson Wentz. He was great in that game. And Carson Wentz is actually – Crazy enough, Tyler, the best quarterback rating in the NFL over the last four weeks of the season at 119.4, mm-hmm. which is the monster number compared to guys like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott as right. well. But you also see Wentz just being more efficient with the football. He's trusting Michael Pittman Jr. full on right now. He's a legit taking that leap to wide receiver one for the Colts. And Jonathan Taylor, he's had four straight games of over 100-plus scrimmage yards. So this guy's, yep. I think, right behind Derrick Henry right now in the NFL in terms of running backs. And this could be a great matchup on Sunday for that. And in the defense, too, it's a little leaky here and there. Darius Leonard's still not 100%, but it's crazy. He has eight turnovers in seven games on a bum ankle, which just says a lot about the way he's playing. And it's just incredible what he's doing. And then, But losing Julian Blackman uh, after the Houston game in practice, he blew out his Achilles last week. That's a massive blow long-term for this team, at least, because you're starting Andrew yeah. Sandejo now in place of him. And that's going to be a huge drop-off from where they were, Julian Blackman. He's a key part to that connective tissue in the back end of the defense, but – they're, getting, they're seeing more pass rush overall from Quiddy Pay the last couple of weeks. DeForest Buckner as well is getting more consistent. They need more up front. But I would say overall this team's trending in the right direction. And a lot of it is due to Carson Wentz. And a lot of it's due to Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. And just based off how this defense is and losing Julian Blackman, if the Colts want to go on the run here, they're probably going to have to score a lot of points. And actually over the last four weeks, they've scored at least 27 points per game over that stretch. So this offense is clicking right now. And then once T.Y. Hilton's back in the lineup, which he's on pace for for Sunday, as is right tackle Braden Smith, this offense could be at full strength for the first time since week one. So really exciting what the offense is doing right now. And then the defense is obviously catching up to him as well. Yeah, well, I was actually going to ask you about the defense. And, you know, you're talking about Julian Blackman, but you see Rocky Sin on the injury report. You see Xavier Rhodes, uh, you know, miss game her ankle, I do believe. So what, what's kind of the status update on some of the health issues in the secondary? And how concerned would you say that you are about the secondary's vulnerability considering kind of the shuffling parts? Yeah, I would say even if they were healthy, this is a matchup against Tennessee that I'm really concerned about. It wasn't really much of an issue when they played in Nashville, but A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, we both know that they can go off at a moment's notice. And Ryan Tannehill has had a lot of success against this Colts team as far as just throwing the ball deep, just being very efficient with the football as well. But Rocky Sin was limited in practice today, but he is on track to play on Sunday. He's missed the last few games with that ankle injury. And then Xavier Rhodes, he actually did not practice this week, but he was able to play in the 49ers game, had that massive interception on Jimmy Garoppolo. I imagine he does give it a go on Sunday. So the only guy they're going to be missing in that back end is Julian Blackman. But I just want to reiterate how important Julian Blackman is to this defense because he's the the leader in that back end. I know Kenny Moore is a really underrated nickel, but 
Blackman does all the dirty work back there. He makes up for a lot of mistakes. And having him not out there, especially against Tennessee, I guarantee you Tennessee's probably going to try a few deep shots where Julian Blackman would have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would it would only make sense for them to do that and with the play-action passing game kind of getting roaring and getting going for the Titans. I would expect that to uh, to be a target. But we're going to talk about some, some keys to the game. We're going to talk about some predictions in our final segment. Before we get to that, I still have some more questions for you here. So you talked about the offensive you know, kind of getting back to a full unit. What What's the status update on the offensive line this year? Are, are they getting back now to, to where they want to be? Is that where we're seeing the success with Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz having protection? I know that was obviously an issue coming into the year. Eric Fisher wasn't ready. Q has been dealing with a, a ton of injuries throughout the year. And you talked about Braden Smith being on the injury report, but probably being good to go. So where's the offensive line's performance overall through the injuries uh, up to this point? Yeah, what's crazy enough is we're already going to be in week seven, week eight, and this will be the first game most likely the Colts have their full starting five playing a single snap together, which just says how injured this front line has been. Eric Fisher missed week one. Brain Smith gets hurt in week one. He's just now coming back this week against Tennessee. Quentin Nelson's been on and off with the injuries, like you mentioned, Tyler. But I think overall, the offensive line, two reserve players that have really stood out to me, Chris Reed at right guard. He's taking Mark Lewinsky's job as we speak. He doubled his snaps in San Francisco. He's just a revelation fine for them. The only guy on their offensive line with no penalties and no sacks allowed so far this year. He made his season debut in Nashville, and he really did well at left guard when Quentin Nelson went out of that game. He's now splitting reps at right guard, Mark Lewinsky. But then Quentin Nelson, he's still not 100%. You can tell he's kind of limping a little bit play to play, but even still, like an 85% Q is an all-pro left guard. He's, he's still right. Quentin Nelson. That's the big deal there. But even still, we're seeing Ryan Kelly get fully healthy. Eric Fisher still is not trusting his anchor in pass rush after that Achilles injury. He's a great run blocker, but he's quite frankly not great at all right now at pass blocking, which is worrisome against a guy like Harold Landry. They're going to test right. him a lot, I think, trying to stack some blitzes on his side on Sunday. But then you have Matt Pryor, the former Philadelphia Eagle, who's been at right tackle the last three weeks. Been a godsend for them compared to Julian Davenport, who Titans fans saw got just destroyed in week yeah. three. And you see just how those two guys have really helped stabilize the offensive line and kept them afloat until Braden Smith got back, until Quentin Nelson got back. And then hopefully Eric Fisher is fully healthy sometime soon and trusts his pass blocking ability. But this offensive line now is getting back the full strength at the perfect time. This offense is finding a great rhythm in the passing game. Carson Wentz is, I think, is averaging over eight yards per attempt over the last month of the season. And then Jonathan Taylor, as we already hit on, four straight games, 100-plus scrimmage yards. So this offense is clicking yeah. at the right time. And then T.Y. Hilton is coming back on Sunday, too, which is a huge plus for them as well. Yeah, the Colts are definitely rounding in the form at the right time after a, a tough start to the season, but a tough schedule to start the season. And that was well documented. The first five weeks were going to be tough. So now they're out of that. They're starting to, you know, put some wins together. And, you know, the division isn't out of reach, even though the Titans sit at five and two. Well, we are going to talk those keys to victory for either side. We're going to give our early predictions as well in our final part of the discussion here on Crossover Thursday. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is back, and it is better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season that gives you more odds, props, and lines than ever before. It is the number one spot to bet on all the basketball and football action. But it's not just football and basketball. They have postseason baseball. They have NHL. They have boxing, UFC, even your favorite 
Vegas casino games. So make sure that you go to betonline.ag's new and updated website on your desktop or your mobile device. Sign up and use the promo code locked on. That's one word locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are back for our final segment of our show. I am Evan Sayer, the host of Locked On Colts, joined by Tyler Rowland of the Locked On Titans podcast. Just a great game on Sunday, Tyler. Just the more we talk about it, the more I get pumped up because this yeah. is such a huge game for the AFC South. Whoever wins this game probably is going to be – I went to the Colts are going to be the driver's seat because the Titans still have proven that they're one of the best teams in the AFC. But it will be a huge game, huge momentum swing if the Colts can pull up on Sunday. Tennessee mm-hmm. pretty much locks up the AFC South on Sunday if they win and unless they have a – potential collapse in the second half of right. the season. But let's go over this game, our matchups, our predictions. I'll throw it your way, Tyler. I mean, what do you think is the biggest key for the Titans going up against this Indianapolis Colts team that really is clicking all cylinders right now? Right. Well, I, I really just want to reiterate your point first and just mention the schedule because, you know, you say that the Colts maybe wouldn't be in the driver's seat because it's a split and, you know, the Titans would, would still be at five wins. But the week after that, the Titans – play the Rams in Los Angeles on Sunday night football. And the week after for the Colts, they play at home against the Jets. So I would say that whoever wins this game, well, if the Colts find a way to win this game, it'll be massive because it'll almost be a two-game swing instantly because you got to think that the Colts beat the Jets and the Titans lose to the Rams in in LA. So this game is monstrous, maybe even a little more important uh, for the Titans because of what comes next. But then on the flip side, the Colts are going to be a desperate team knowing that they can flip the whole entire division with this game at home when they're playing their best football. So for me, the key for the Titans is to run the football. I, I think that if the the Titans just have a more explosive offense in general than the Colts, I, I think that's fair to say over the last few years. So if the Titans play their game on offense, I don't think that the Colts could keep up from a point scoring perspective. If the Titans can put up, you know, 34, 37 points, I don't I don't think the Colts are going to be able to get there. I think the Titans would be able to hold them to 28 or 31 somewhere in there. So where that starts is running the football and Derrick Henry's been able to run the football on the Colts better than any other running back in the NFL, which is probably true for most teams. But Derrick Henry's gone for 100 yards four times in a row on the Colts, including 113 yards in the last meeting. If the Titans can run the ball, that means the play action's going to work even better. They're going to have two phases of the offense at all times against this great defense. I know they haven't been great this year, but with the injuries and everything, still a very well-coached defense who knows the Titans' offense very well. So if the Titans can run the ball, it's going to open up everything else. And uh, I, th- I think that'll allow them to score enough points that if the defense doesn't play well, they can still win the game. Yeah, that's a really valid point. Derrick Henry's just had his way with the Colts over the last couple of years and four straight games, 100-plus yards. If that happens again on Sunday, Tyler, I think that the Titans are in the driver's seat to win that game. But from the yep. Colts' side of things, I think the key to the game is going to be winning the turnover battle, as well as on top mm-hmm. of that, trying to stop Derrick Henry. As they did in the first game. Exactly, yeah. They won the turnover battle by three, and they still lost that game somehow, which is just good Wentz to say. Wentz was banged up, though. You know, He yeah, could barely Wentz- move. He was throwing it into the ground. I think it's a different team. 
No, for sure. Yeah. They, they, mm -hmm. After that game, they definitely flipped the switch, and especially against the Ravens when that offense really started clicking all cylinders. They found something the last three or four weeks of the season. But outside of that, with a healthy Carson Wentz, like you mentioned, he's been taking care of the football at an extremely high level. He leads the NFL in the fewest interceptions as in the interception percentage as well. Just an incredible turnout for Carson Wentz. He has fully trust Frank Reich. He trusts the weapons, the offensive line around him. I think if Carson Wentz plays very efficient football and they run Jonathan Taylor a lot, I think that's going to decide a lot of this game. I think Michael Pittman makes a play or two as well in this game on the offense. This Colts offense all of a sudden, Tyler, it's a vertical explosive offense from what we've seen the last month of the season. And it's right. probably what they're going to be doing the rest of the year. It's just chucking it deep to Pittman, using T.Y. Hilton over the middle, and then right. and using Jonathan Taylor in the running and passing game as well. He's just becoming a multifaceted weapon there. So I think it's going to be trying to stop Derrick Henry, but also just winning that turnover battle once again. And I think if the, the Colts can do it this time with a healthy Carson Wentz, they do win this game. So it, it's quite simple with a turnover battle, but it's, it's really what's going to decide this game, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a very, very, very close game. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I do think it's going to be a, a pretty close game, and those little, you know, things that swing one way or another are going to make a very big difference, as they often do in these games. We saw the Titans last year stop the Colts in a couple fourth-and-one situations that led to a Titans victory. So, you know, a couple bad punts for the Titans in one matchup, and all of a sudden the Colts are up by 10. So these division games, you know, these weird swings, these weird things that happen in turnovers are often at the center. I, I, I do want to say, though, that I think one thing for the Colts is the Titans are going to have to stop the run, as you talked about Jonathan Taylor. And the last two weeks, they played heavy passing teams that don't really have super physical run games. So are the Titans ready for a super physical run team that they haven't seen in multiple weeks? I don't know. That'll be an interesting thing to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, honestly, it's – I think Jonathan Taylor is kind of flying under the radar as far as running backs in this league because he's mm -hmm. actually on pace for almost 2,000 scrimmage yards. Derrick Henry right. is just in his own tier right now. But I think Jonathan Taylor yeah. is right behind that second tier just with the way he's playing. It's really incredible what he's done since the second half of his rookie season. He took that jump, and he's becoming even better and better. But might as well dive into our predictions now, Tyler, because – I really don't know where to go on this one, quite honestly. I'm going to lean with the hot team right now in Indy, though. I'm going to go with the Colts winning this game 27-24. I think Carson Wentz plays very efficient football. John Taylor gets 100-plus scrimmage yards. Pittman gets going as well. And I think the big key to this one is going to be Ryan Tannehill throws a pick in this game. Carson Wentz doesn't. So they win the turnover battle by one there. I'm going 27-24. The Colts stop the Titans late. Okay. I, I think that's a great prediction, and I think that – it's a likely prediction as well. Like you said, this is going to be a very, very close game. Now, my prediction, you say you're going to go with the hot team, and I would agree with you that the Colts are a very hot team, but I would argue that uh, the only team in the NFL that may be hotter than them is the Tennessee Titans. So I, in my eyes, am going to roll with the hot team as well, and I'm going to say the Titans win the game 31 to 27. I agree with you that turnovers are going to shape this game, and I think that the Titans' defensive line is going to be able to get a strip sack or force a fumble on Carson Wentz in the pocket. And uh, with all the money that is in the front set, uh, the defensive front of the Titans, they better. So uh, I think 31-27 with a, a fumble on Carson Wentz in the pocket being the uh, kind of the thing that that pushes the Titans to victory and gives them the slight edge. But I can see it going the way that you predicted it as well. This is a, a, a really close matchup, and, and like we said, a razor's edge is going to hinge 
one way or another. But uh, Evan, great conversation. These conversations with you every year just get better and better. This is going to be a great football game. I know all of you guys are looking forward to watching it. We are looking forward to watching it as well. We are going to be here to break it down for you right after the game on Monday, ready to go. Tomorrow, we're going to have great game previews for you guys as well. So subscribe to the Locked On Colts podcast. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Check us out on social media at the Locked On Colts pod, uh, at Locked On Colts on Twitter. I'm at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. That's going to do it for another Locked On Crossover Thursday. Tyler Rowland, Locked On Titans. Evan Sidery, Locked On Colts. You guys have a great day.